Welcome to Dartmouth 98 Shorts, nine minutes for eight questions. We'll be catching up with our fascinating classmates, hearing about their lives, careers, and adventures since graduation. I'm Kelly Wardwell-Ryerson. Hi, I'm Roger Griesmeier. After interviewing Matt Roth a few weeks ago, he recommended that we check in with Brent LaFoon. Brent LaFoon has had, quite simply, an amazing personal journey. He was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, and came to Dartmouth as a football player. He went on to be a Peace Corps volunteer, radio ad salesman, and writer, among many other pursuits. About a decade ago, he found his true calling to be a yogi. He has since been to retreats and taught yoga in Iceland, Jamaica, Greece, Japan, France, Peru, Germany, Bali, and Thailand. Currently, Brent teaches private and group lessons all over Los Angeles. He is also the founder of the Association of Yoga Professionals, a 501c6 nonprofit that is the world's first and only certifying organization for teachers of Hatha Yoga. Welcome, Brent. Any words for your fellow 98s before we get started? It's just a joy to be here, and I hope everybody's staying safe and healthy and, um, you know, living, living full, happy, meaningful lives out there. Okay, so I'm going to start the clock, and I have the first question. What are the best and worst parts about being a yogi? The best parts uh, certainly would have to do with just feeling good um, more often than not. Um, you know, I was just telling someone the other day, I don't know if this is something to brag about, but it feels like something to brag about. I haven't been to a doctor in over 10 years. Um, you know, my, my body just seems to function naturally well when I uh, maintain a regular practice. And um, certainly as, you know, uh, I'm, in, I'm in 45 now, you know, that's the time I think a lot of people are starting to experience things not feeling as good as they used to. And um, I haven't had that yet, fortunately, knock on wood. So I feel really blessed about that. Um, that's definitely one of the benefits. The other benefit would be just the community of people that it brings into your life. Um, everybody's looking to grow. Everybody's looking to learn. Everybody's looking to tap into their potential and expand as human beings. And it's really inspiring and, um, and just great to be a- around that kind of community and energy all the time. Uh, as far as worst parts, it says in the Hatha Yoga Pradipika that... Um, one of the things that yoga perishes by is, is over-socializing. And um, you definitely, there's a, there's a solitary component to the yoga life, which I don't think is necessarily for everybody. And it doesn't have to be that way. Obviously, you can, you know, have a family and all those things. Um, but for me, I've found that um, it requires a certain amount of alone time to really focus and, and be present with myself so that my cup is full when I come to share yoga with my students in my classes. You founded the AYP in March of 2020. Correct. What was it like getting a new organization off the ground at the beginning of the pandemic? <laughs> well, uh, it was difficult because the, the plan for the AYP involved um, studios and studios all closed um, as soon as the pandemic hit. So, um, you know, it was just a question of figuring out what the the need is going forward and how can we best serve the community of teachers and students that are out there. Um, So I would say that, you know, the growth has been a lot slower than uh, I might have hoped it was going to be at the outset. But people are responding really well to the organization and everybody who, who finds out about it has been very excited about what we're doing. So I think a lot of people as they hit about our age, which I'm not going to say middle age because 
that's depressing. <laughs> Start to question the path that they've taken and wonder what other opportunities are out there for themselves. And I know you took a real career pivot. And I just wondered if you could talk through when you knew or what your thought process was when you realized that yoga was more suitable to you and more your calling. Well, it was very powerful. Um, you know, I was uh, just about almost 35 years old and I had been writing screenplays for a number of years. And I had found a little bit of success. I had two films made, but nothing was really sort of taking off uh, in a way that felt like the career was building and it was frustrating. And, um, you know, I was just trying to figure out what I was going to do because I didn't, it didn't seem like I could continue on the path that I was on. And then I went to a yoga class and I mean, it, it was literally overnight. It just, it felt amazing. I felt amazing after I felt like I had been doing it somehow for uh, lifetimes. And that was, that's not a concept that I necessarily put a whole lot of credence in prior to that. But it just felt like something I knew, you know, within six months of taking my first class, I was, I was teaching classes myself. And it felt completely normal, uh, which is very unusual. <laughs> but, uh, it was it was divinely sent at the right time. You gave this interview in Voyage LA a couple of years back about your first real experience to make the decision. Uh, to travel and pursue yoga, can you tell us your origin story from that uh, from that interview? Well, when I started teaching yoga, I still had it in my mind that I was going to continue screenwriting, and so in my mind, I was just teaching yoga to you know make ends meet while I continued to write. But the more I taught, the more opportunities presented themselves to me. Uh, and at one point, one of those opportunities was to lead a retreat out in Joshua Tree. And so that I put that together, not really knowing what to expect. And it went great. There were 18 people who showed up and we had an amazing time. And I thought, well, that was great. And it worked out financially for me. And then someone approached me about leading a retreat in Bali that they wanted to organize and they wanted me to um, teach. So it was just kind of a series of opportunities that kept presenting themselves. And after I worked with that person, she helped me organize the trip to Bali and then a trip to Peru where we went to Machu Picchu which is another place I had always wanted to visit. And so it was just kind of like all these things that I'd always dreamed of doing just sort of kept coming to me. And I just thought, well, if, where, do I, where else have I always wanted to go? I, I wanted to go to Iceland. Let's see if I can organize a trip in Iceland. And so I reached out to a guy who I found there who, strangely enough, was from Switzerland and had a yoga studio in, in Iceland and was interested in organizing retreats for people to come. And so it was just like one thing after the next kept on lining up um, perfectly. And so it was less of a decision to, I'm going to do this now to more of like, this is just what's happening and it keeps happening and I'm happy about it. So I'm going to keep doing it. And it's continued. When you're talking about things just appearing, I just am wondering whether you actively try to manifest opportunities or you feel so connected through your practice that you feel like the opportunities come your way. You know, it's more of the latter. Um, I do believe in, in manifesting opportunities, having vision boards and meditating on, you know, getting clear what you really want. But at the same time, for me, that all falls under the umbrella of having a, a practice. You know, for me, a yoga practice isn't just the physical movement or the breath work. It's really a whole lifestyle of, you know, how you basically live from moment to moment and, uh, and the degree of awareness that you can bring to what it is you're doing. For me, I've noticed that as long as I maintain my best practice, whatever that can be from one day to the next, things tend to take care of themselves. And if I get off track, 
then the, the universe, the good old universe, it lets me know about it. You know, I, I get a little karmic slap and then I, I have to go back to my practice or I get to go back to my practice. So let's turn to Dartmouth. Um, who is the most recent 98 you've communicated with in any form? It would probably be either Damon Ferrara or Matt Roth. Matt, I lived with for four years and we're like, you know, we're, we've been best friends ever since. And Damon, I keep in touch with more. Damon's been a good friend out here in L.A. What was the one spot on campus where we would often find you in 1998? It's going to sound wrong, but it was actually Murphy's Tavern um, because a lot of my friends were in uh, fraternities and I wasn't. And so when they would have their Wednesday meetings, I would usually go to Murphy's and they used to have a, a hamburger there. It was a, I think they called it the Black and Blue Burger and it had um, blue cheese and like caramelized onions. And I love that. So that was like my weekly ritual. I would go to Murphy's when all my friends were at their meetings and I would bring a, a Jack Kerouac book and my journal and I would have a black and blue burger and a bass ale on tap. And that was a happy place for me <laughs> senior year at Dartmouth. Only thing missing from that meal is the onion soup, which I remember being really good there too. Every now and then I, I added that in as well. <laughs> what important life lesson have you learned and can share? Everything you do is practice, whether you mean for it to be or not. You're always practicing an attitude, an outlook, an action, an activity. That whatever it is you're doing, you know, you're reinforcing something. And I think the more that I've kept that in mind, um, the more it's helped me stay aware of just my habits, my tendencies, my nature. And it's kept me aware of being able to choose things that benefit me and that benefit others, I think, much more so than I would had I not come to that awareness. And finally, you just returned from hosting a retreat in Ixtapa, Mexico. What's it been like traveling during COVID? And please tell those of us in the Northeast what it's like to see sun and sand. So it was, it was great to be able to get away. It was a real privilege to be able to be down there and share that time with um, some, some students. The hotel where we stayed in Mexico, was, it's very open air. So there was, there was really no concerns there about you know, COVID. And it was a very, there's a very low infection rate in the area that we were in. It was, it was so good, really. <laughs> I feel bad almost saying because I know that life is so hard for so many people right now. So I like, it's one of the, that, you asked me about one of the hardest things about being a yogi. That's actually probably the hardest thing. As much as yoga brings me constant joy, it also keeps me constantly aware of how much uh, suffering and pain is constantly out there in the world. And it's like, how do you continue to feel joy and, and fulfillment while you're aware of this perpetual like, degree of suffering that's always there? And what can you do to um, you know, try to be of service to people who need help? All right. Awesome. Well, time is up. Thank you so much. It's so great yeah, to have you here. Yeah. So great to talk to you. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks, Brent. If anyone wants to reach out to Brent, we'll put a link to his personal website in the notes. And you can follow him on Instagram at Brent Sana. We'll also put a link to the AYP website for those looking to learn more about becoming certified or if you just want to buy one of Brent's awesome yoga nerd t-shirts. And we'll see you next time.